It is CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. It's Orlando, Florida, because why would you ever want to go to the swamp? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. There's a lot happening, a lot going on. And what's the whole feel about whether or not they think there's a civil war amongst the Republican Party? I will get to that. And I actually engaged part of that conversation along with a, a, a series of things. You know, there were airstrikes yesterday uh, in Syria against Iranian targets. And I talked about that, about the Civil War and a couple other things with Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. How weird of a world do you think it is that we live in right now? I mean, just off the bat, this is just as peculiar as we get. Bizarre. I got to say, Tony, I got to have a little bit of fun with you. It, it, the radio business is, is really fun. So we're sitting here, we're like high five and are doing fist bumps. And then you sit down and there's something about radio voice where your voice drops an octave and it's Senator Ted Cruz is here. And it's oh, really God. cool. It, you it, have a it, lot it, of faith in my ability to do I don't have a, a radio voice. I, I thought it was strong. It, right? it, it, it was it was this baritone. Did it move you? Oh, it was. Oh, I, I was damn. already like, you know. I, I moved the senator. There we go. <laughs> We're done. You, you can move on to the next one. Uh, there are a couple questions, CPAC related that, yeah. and conservatism related, I want to get to. But we got to start with the airstrikes in Syria. These targets that were Iranian backed, uh, uh, financed by the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, meaning financed by the mullahs, the hardliners, the clerics. 36 days into the Biden administration, we we're already in a bombing raid, yeah. as many discussing it. Uh, did this raid make sense to you? Did this attack, have, were you briefed on it at all? So we were not briefed on it. Uh, the short answer is I don't know. So I've seen the headlines. I'll, I'll be back in D.C. on Monday. And so hopefully we will receive a briefing in terms of what assets they hit, why they why they hit it, what the provocation was. Uh, you know, look, I will note under Barack Obama, uh, I think we were far too eager to get into military conflict. I think Barack Obama wanted to bring us into war in Syria. That was a mistake. I opposed it at the time. Uh, Barack Obama did bring us into war in Libya, toppled Gaddafi, and that was a mistake. It ended up handing Libya over to radical Islamic terrorists who want to kill us. Uh, and so I believe the test for U.S. military involvement should be defending the vital national security interest of the United States. That's the only test. And what's bizarre, it was certainly true about Obama-Biden, we'll see if it's true about Joe Biden alone, is that they simultaneously want to embrace and give hundreds of billions of dollars to the Ayatollah Khamenei in Iran who chants death to America and wants to murder you and murder me, while at the same time being eager to engage in foreign adventurism for individuals that don't pose a threat to America. I think that's exactly backwards. We ought to be prepared to defend this country, but not uh, not too eager to send our sons and daughters into harm's way. Does it strike you as hypocritical or as part of foreign policy that you would engage this bombing while also getting back in the Iran nuclear deal? It's misguided priorities. It is. Look, to be fair, I don't want to prejudge what this bombing was because I have not heard the specifics okay. of the classified intel. It may be that this was a, a justified and important step. I want to give the president, the administration, the opportunity to make that case. And as commander in chief, he deserves the opportunity to make that case. Uh, but uh, they certainly haven't made that case publicly or to members of Congress yet. And what has been clear from every one of their nominees is their number one foreign policy objective is getting back in the catastrophic Iran nuclear deal and sending billions of dollars to the Ayatollah Khamenei. That makes no sense and it's dangerous. 
things that I consider dangerous, you might agree, you might disagree, talking to Senator Ted Cruz here at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, is the Equality Act that just passed the yeah. House, uh, which has a questionable future in the Senate. The argument that people will make on the Equality Act is that it is a codification or, or an increase in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, and it's going to protect people regarding their sexual identity, gender identity, etc. If you're a girl who plays high school sports or college athletics or, or, or other, it means that you may be working in a very unfair play, uh, world where men or boys who decide they are girls or women can then compete against you. Where is the Equality Act in the Senate? and? Do you think this is misguided policy? Uh, it, it is certainly misguided policy. It is not going to pass the Senate, I do not believe. Uh, so long as the Democrats don't destroy the filibuster rule, this won't pass. So if, it's possible. I, uh, look, they could end the filibuster rule. I think there's right. enormous pressure. We are right now counting on Joe Manchin, uh, Democrat out of West Virginia, to hold the line against Chuck Schumer. If Manchin caves, and by the way, I, I've wondered if Schumer has in his office thumb screws and a medieval rack, because very few Democrats ever seem to want to cross him. But if Schumer, if, if Manchin caves and they end the filibuster, then the Equality Act could pass. And, and it's important to understand, number one, it's a great name. Right. You, you, you know, They're you know, very good at naming. I, I mean, Equality, how about the Justice Act, the, the, the Warm Before Fuzzy the Kitten Act? Act. I, I mean, you know, today's left is a religion. It is a religion where their LGBT agenda is a religion, where radical environmentalism is a religion. And if you look at what the Equality Act is about, it's about destroying every other religion. It's about saying to your local pastor, if you teach what the Bible says about sexuality, the government will come against you. It's about telling the local Christian school or Jewish school or Muslim school that if you refuse to embrace the radical LGBT agenda, your school will be shut down. Your synagogue will be closed. You will be fined. You will be punished. And this is not about liberty. Listen, when it comes to sex, I, I'm very libertarian. I believe consenting adults ought to be able to do pretty much anything they want. That's, that, that is our fundamental liberty. But this act is not about liberty. Nobody is constraining your right to do whatever you want in the bedroom. Right. This is about saying to pastors and, and rabbis and, and imams, you can't preach your faith, and if you dare disagree, you must celebrate what somebody else chooses in, in the bedroom. And if you disagree, if you instead preach Scripture, you will be punished, you will be fined, you will be closed, you will be shut down. This is cancel culture is what this bill is about. Before I let you go, because you're a busy man, you're very popular here, sir. You know that, right? So great people, you know. C oh, CPAC is the fine. People. I, I also give everyone standing here twenty bucks. Is that right? It it it, it amazes. Shame on me for sitting it, down. It, it works very well. This event, this moment, President Trump coming to speak uh, on Sunday, the idea that the Republican Party is in the middle of, of a civil war, uh, the 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 Liz Cheney uh, view, uh, the view. Wow, that's a that's a head shake right there. You see, that doesn't work well on radio. But man, that was world class. Um, is the Republican Party in a civil war? And how is the party right to be embracing President Trump? And then I've got a follow-up yeah. on that. So I hope not. 
Uh, I'm worried about it. I think the media wants us to be in a civil war, and I do think there are some dynamics pushing us that that way. You know, last year I launched a podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz. Right. Uh, became the I've number- never been invited on it. I, well, you, you know, we can take this segment and put it on Verdict. Hot diggity. <laughs> um, the last verdict we did, we did actually down in Florida, in Miami, at the YAF concert, uh, YAF convention. And somebody asked me this question. One of the students asked me this question. Said, "said Look, should we, should people who are critics of Trump be purged from the party?" And and the answer I gave, I said, "Listen, I'm not a fan of purges. I'm not a fan of purges. There are some." who want to go after every Trump supporter and purge them from the party. There are others who want to go after every person who criticized Trump and purge them from the party. I'm interested in winning. And the way you win is you get to 50 plus one. And you don't get to 50 plus one by cutting big chunks of your party out. And so listen, for everyone who's saying they want Donald Trump to go away, I got news for you. He ain't going away. <laughs> He's going to say what he thinks. It's his right to say what he thinks, and I'm glad that he will continue saying what he thinks. But but this idea that we're going to suddenly have purity tests and, and, and start burning people at the stake if, if they don't conform to us, you know what that's sounding like? That's sounding like the left. That's what they do. I want a coalition of people who love liberty. If you're a conservative, if you're a libertarian, if you believe in the Constitution and Bill of Rights, I want you with us because we're fighting for the freedom and the prosperity and the jobs and the future of our country. And that takes a big coalition to get there. Before I let you go, something I'm gonna share on my podcast. I do a podcast about bourbon and cigars as well. I review them, 60 stations across the country. You once lit a cigar with a Bic. It was... Embarrassing. Uh, it it sir, was shameful. It was shameful and embarrassing. It was a Shonda, uh, is, is what it was I, according I, I have to my no grandmother. Defense. I have no defense. This I, is, I plead utterly and completely guilty. This is an Arturo Fuente 858. Get yourself a torch or allow me to enjoy that with you one day. Do it right for us, for America. It, it, let me thank you. <laughs> let me confess even more. So that was... I was doing it to point out the abominable spending bill we had, and I came up with the idea, all right, give me a cigar and let me light it. I have a torch at home. Okay. I have a humidor at home. Okay. Uh, I'm breathing look, easy. Look, I never like people in politics who throw their staff overboard, but I'm about to throw my staff overboard. Oh, this is great. So, so I was like, all right, give me a cigar. Number one, they got me a cigar that was so dried out. Oh, okay. It was crumbling. And I don't know, I think they went to like a local 7-Eleven and said, give me your oldest Swisher Sweet in the back. And, and that's what I ended up with. And then to light it, they had this stupid bick that right. they gave me. And the problem was we're getting ready to film it. I'm like, fine. And, and so, and even worse, if you look at it, so I'm trying to light it, but the cigar was in such bad shape. It didn't light. It didn't light. So I'm sitting there sucking on just this dead cigar. And, and it ends by crushing it into the into the bill, which was the best thing to do with that cigar. That cigar was not in smoking condition. <laughs> but 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 I did. And, and the problem is I only had one cigar, so I had to do one take. I couldn't actually, once I started it, like if I stopped, okay, right. you're out of luck. So I just had to finish it. But I did tell them afterwards, I said, okay, you're going to get my Cuban-American heritage revoked. Oh, like, oh I'm, clearly. I, I'm like, 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 as a Cuban, I got to be able to smoke a damn cigar. Right. So, so. I apologize uh, for for that 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 truly shameful display. Uh, I, I, I it is accepted, 
Uh, I, I appreciate it. If you want us to come out, Eat, Drink, Smoke will outfit your office is with everything you could ever want. We'll, we'll, we'll do it for every senator who supports uh, the cigar industry and keeps the FDA from regulating cigars like cigarettes. We'd be thrilled to do it. Just ask. By the way, there is no better way to play poker than with a cigar in your mouth because as you're clenching a cigar and you're calling someone's bluff to say, you don't have the cards, damn it. I know you don't have it, and I'm going to take every chip in front of you. You play some angry poker. Oh, well, you are a senator. It, it, it is just better. <laughs> senator Ted Cruz, I appreciate you taking the time, sir. Thank you, man. Oh, I keep forget. I keep going for the handshake. We, he did not shake my hand. He didn't. There was no open palm. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> senator Ted Cruz, everybody, give him a hand. Senator Cotton just walked in. Dan Bongino is next door. And me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. Now this is the CPAC that I remember, but it's in Orlando, not in the D.C. area as it usually is. But people came down happy to get into a little bit of, uh, of the free. It is remarkable watching people and how they're acting and interacting. So many of them haven't been around this many people in a year you know if it's a state like california i mean it you hear the stories and you can hear it in their voice of just sheer pure misery misery in in the, their experience and how their kids are doing i have a friend i didn't know this uh, is here she just got back from driving around texas with her child, teenager. Teenager was miserable in California, couldn't see friends, can't go to school, everything's a lockdown, this is ridiculous, physically affecting her. Okay, let's go, let's leave. We're not even close to understanding the effects here. And people still want to play the game. And it's an unworthy game that somehow we should be in non-stop lockdown mode. There was actually a, a moment, uh, I think it was yesterday from, from Fox News, uh, Kennedy, who is Fox Business, uh, that, that's what she's on. She was having a conversation, on, she was filling in on, on the five, and it, it got personal. Okay, <laughs> who didn't get he the vaccine Trump. Get the vaccine because of Kamala Harris. Who didn't get the vaccine because of her righteous criticism? How many grandmothers are sitting around talking about it because they believe in her and they see what she's doing and they are so impressed with her tra trajectory and uh, how how plain spoken she is? And they don't get the vaccine. So did that cost lives? Yes. And for one of for one of Joe Biden's advisors to say this is the best thing to ever happen to him, tell that to the parents whose kids have committed suicide during the pandemic it's it's beyond i'm sorry i just i don't have words for it because it's so deeply offensive and they'll never get their children back it's true all right there was Coming a biden up, person it's a media who best thing that ever happened there are people who have said oh covid great for joe biden i mean it's just an evil thing to say now sometimes i do get it is said in a, this, this solely and exclusively political context and parlance that has nothing to do. They're not trying to say it's okay that people died. 
That's not everybody. I try my best to give that benefit of the doubt. I try my best to give that benefit of the doubt. But the people who still want lockdowns dismiss these other things and, and they do so joyfully and gleefully and willfully. And of course, uh, they're wrong. That we, we are in we are in much deeper straits. Took her kid on a on a trip. What's the point of uh, of being you're 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 in virtual school anyway, we can be in virtual school virtually anywhere. So let's go do. I think that was a good bit of parenting right there. A solid and valuable bit of parenting right there. That's what you should do. Recognize where your kids at. Look at them. Talk to them. Share with them. What what are they experiencing? And then how do you how do you help them through it? Sometimes with a bit of tough love. Sometimes with a bit of kindness. Sometimes with a bit of let's just go get the heck out of dodge. Let's go live our life. Let's go let's go see that the world isn't this this misery. And that's what people I think are experiencing here. Oh, there's a fair amount of joy. I mean, and no one's hanging their head. No one is sad. No one's saying, woe is me. None of that is taking place. Rather, what's taking place is well, people seeing old friends and people engaging and people uh, enjoying the sunshine, people amazed that they could be out and amongst others. Everyone, I'm not wearing a mask uh, as a broadcaster. Everyone else is wearing a, a, a mask, right? And they're asking themselves some questions about the future of of this party and the future of conservatism but the idea of civil war you could just put that one to bed the civil war conversation can be put to bed and if it's an interesting take maybe you can judge this conference by who is not here liz cheney is not here right mitt romney is not here and one of the people who isn't here is the former vice president mike pence is that right is that wrong what is his future Tom Lobianco is a journalist and, and an author, and he, has he wrote a book about Mike Pence, which I don't 100% agree with, but he spent some time in Indy, so I figure he's worthy of having the conversation. He is going to interview me live about what I think is going on with Mike Pence. You're going to hear it, and then you'll know when it gets printed up whether he's one of those guys. You know, those guys. That's all there is to it. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today. So when it got announced that Vice President Mike Pence wasn't going to be at CPAC, some people were like, ooh. And that's actually what they said. That was a quote, uh, if I may. Ooh. Uh, producer Ari does it better. Uh, tell, tell him the quote, Ari. Ooh. That was terrible. That was terrible. Uh, he's not showing up. This, is, this has got to be a serious, serious issue. Oh, my gosh. He hates Donald Trump. He hates uh, those, those, those people. He's, he's not one of them. I don't think that's the case. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Tom LoBianco joins us uh, right now. You can find him at TomLoBianco.com. He actually wrote a book about Mike Pence, Mike Pence and the Taking of the White House, called Piety. Is it Piety? Yes, sir. Piety and Power. Uh, he was uh, with the Indianapolis Star in the town where I live uh, for a good long while. And you should understand... Uh, that uh, my relationship with the Indy Star is tenuous <laughs> at best. At best. Although sometimes when they do local reporting, it's really, really good. And then sometimes they do reporting and it's actually opinion. And they say, oh, look, uh, it's got a byline. 
Uh, Tom joins us right now because <laughs> he asked me, saw me here, and we, we know each other, the Indianapolis connection. He's and right now he's with Business Insider. He goes, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the future is of Pence? And I said, you can ask me these questions, but only on the air. So you yes. get to hear the questions. You'll know the answers. And I, I, I don't know what the questions are beforehand. None of this has been set up. This is the longest Tom and I have ever, ever <laughs> spoken. Um, but I will answer the questions from Tom Bianco. First, how are you, Tony? It's well, one. It's good to see you, man. Is I feel it, like, you know what, uh, in 2016 was the first time that I ever had somebody on Twitter, like, find me at a campaign event, and they're like, well, hey, man, and, like, I was like, wait a minute, well, I've never met you, and they're like, oh, no, but we're in real life now, IRL, which is, is that like, me? still a weird thing. Yeah, we're IRL right, right. now. We are. In, IRL, in, in, in real life. Wow. <laughs> Like, I, I Twitter know you. Like IRL is very, very 2014. Like, <laughs> you're not even 2016. Never mind 2020. See, All right. <laughs> so this is happening. The, you, I, I, no pre-prepared questions. I, yes. I am ready. Uh, 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 is. Joe Biden is terrible. Next question. Well, what? No, that wasn't it? All I, right, was, <laughs> I love seeing my Hoosiers. So number one, Tony. Yes. Is Mike Pence's career over? I don't know what you mean by career running for office specifically the i have made the argument already on air yeah that he shouldn't run for president okay i'm but i made that argument three years ago on okay. air made the statement and the reason that i believe it to be true is that i think he seriously takes servant leadership seriously okay i think he yeah. believes it i uh, the, yeah. the religious core of him yeah. is is the very core of him i think he has the opportunity and even with what has happened uh, he can be the statesman of the Republican Party. If, hmm, so, if, if the next Republican president, is he a secretary of state? Absolutely, he's the secretary of state. Is he an ambassador to the UN? Of course he's an ambassador to the UN. Can he be a guy who, who picks candidates on those local levels and on those congressional levels and really help in a way that maybe mm. some other people with more name ID can? I, I think he can be that guy. I absolutely believe that. So I don't have him running in 2024. I don't have him in that place. It's not because I'm angry with him. Yeah. It's just as I see it laying out. So career, yes. Does he run? I don't want him to. Okay. What do you think everything, and as we're seeing here today, really is contingent on what Trump decides to do in 24? If Trump says no and opens up the entire field, do you think Pence could win? Or has he been irreversibly damaged by the entire January 6th thing? Oh, gosh, no. I think just the opposite of the conversation. January 6th has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not he can win. Because to say he was damaged on January 6th, you'd have to make the argument, or someone would have to make the argument, not specifically you. Sure. By the way, I'm Tony Katz. That's Tom Lobianco. <laughs> he is with Business Insider doing the interview of me answering questions about the future I of, stole of the microphone. former Vice President Mike Pence. <laughs> I don't buy into the idea that Mike Pence is a traitor. I think yeah. that's mythology at best. Because to say he is a traitor, oh, he didn't re reject uh, the, uh, the electors. He didn't send them back to the states for recertification. He didn't have an option to do that. There is no option well, to right. do that. Yeah. So if we ask ourselves, if he is, is he a traitor? If someone says he's a traitor, the question is a traitor to what? Is he a traitor to the mm. people who really do have an argument about issues with this election, issues in Georgia, issues in Clark County, and Pennsylvania was despicable. 
I will say it, and I mean it clearly. The judiciary of, of Pennsylvania acted in a despicable manner, uh, usurping the authority of the legislature, and I am only upset that the Supreme Court didn't take up the case because Justice Alito and Justice Thomas are right. Their job is to answer these questions. The Supreme Court should, just like they should have taken up the Texas case, even if you disagree mm -hmm. with, 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 the, with the Texas case. The vice president wasn't a traitor to the Constitution of the United States. Okay. And that's what matters. That is above all. The Constitution is above Donald Trump. This is just the reality of the situation. Trump teaches great lessons. Trump brings great value. And of course, Trump was never as bad as media apparatchik made him out to be okay. in, in, in really ugly, twisted, sick fashion. But Trump, but but Pence as 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 traitor, as he irrevocably harmed because of January sixth. Oh no 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 no. My issues, are, my conversation about him running, precede that by by years. When you you know when um, there's I don't see him now, but the uh, gentleman was here earlier, younger guy, uh, Aaron is called Pence a traitor. We were talking about this just a little earlier, and I wonder you know because obviously this is what determines where conservatives, the right, whatever you know, whatever labels we apply to where the political right is in the moment, who they pick for president, and he says he's a traitor. And this is a younger guy, and obviously he's, you know well, doesn't speak for everyone. First, let's describe him right. He wasn't a young man. He was a young black man. Right. It was a young black man who referred to Mike Pence as a traitor. Yes. And he said that with Democrats, if you attack one, you attack them all. Yeah. That, That's exactly yes. what he said. And he isn't wrong. As a matter of fact, on that mm. part, he okay. is right. And the idea of unified front is an extremely important concept yeah. for people on the political right. If you gather five conservatives in a room, they couldn't figure out where to go for lunch. <laughs> It would be an argument and a debate, and 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 what does John Locke say? And wait, did you say you want locks? No, John Locke. It would be a thing, <laughs> right? No, Pence is not a traitor. The the reverse, the, the the other part of that that I would agree with, and this is me like take, extrapolating it from what he said, yeah. right? I'm not having the conversation. Yeah. Republicans got outlawed. Republicans got beat. When Democrats were saying we have to have mail-in ballots because it's fair. Democrats should have been told you're out of your mind, you're disgusting and you're not you're un-American. To their face on national television. Senators should have interrupted other senators doing interviews on CNN to say that's a lie and you're disgusting. I'm not going to allow you to trounce the constitution. I'm here to I'm here to fight and use the word fight because there's mm. nothing wrong with the word fight. Getting beat, right? Mm -hmm. Has to sometimes get accepted. You don't have to accept that what Pennsylvania did. You might have to accept that you got beat by what Pennsylvania did. Okay. But you don't have to accept it, and you should say so. And there were some Republicans and some conservatives uh, who were like, oh, you just got to accept it. No, they're two different conversations. And you and, and for people to be told, stop talking about Pennsylvania, or stop talking about Georgia, or stop talking about Clark County, because you sound silly, you're making us sound ridiculous. Those people, to his point, are weak because mm. they don't know how to how to bring it in and be like, you're out of your mind. And that pushback lesson, something that Trump has really taught, still needs to get learned. Interesting. Trump the fighter as a Trump yeah. the fighter is yeah. a thing. Now, now, hold on. We, we've got about 60 seconds left. Sure. So, so, you know, you're listening to Tony Katz today. That's me. I'm Tony Katz. That's Tom Lobianco, <laughs> uh, a reporter for Business Insider, formerly the Indianapolis Star. He wrote the book uh, called Piety, Piety, Piety. Some people Piety? say Piety, but Piety. Piety and Power. Mike Pence and the Taking of the White House. I don't agree with the book, by the way. I just want to be clear. Wait, really? What, I, I, what's I, on you agree with? Um, uh, I, I wasn't quoted. 
That's basically oh, okay. what I don't, don't agree Did with. Did you right read there. it? I, I, I have started reading it because yeah. it, it was sent to me oh, good. by you. So somewhere good. I have it. And actually, I take that back. Wait, oh my gosh, it's still in my office. I would started reading it. It's before in my office before the pandemic. You That's gotta, the last time I saw it. Uh, not to go too far off on a tangent here, you got to read the radio times. People, you know what, man, like everyone wants to know about Trump and Pence and, you know, the relationship and everything. But you especially, and folks in Indy, who like John Quick and guys have been around there forever. His radio days are fascinating, and you learn so much about his personality. Mm. When he goes on air, I'll, I'll, let me give you a rush. Can I give you a Rush Limbaugh arc? Yeah. In the quickly. in Pence, okay, ninety two, he's working at the Indiana Policy Review. He faxes a letter. He's a pro Pat Buchanan guy in ninety two. Faxes an invite to Rush Limbaugh to have him come out and do a fundraiser. Later, Limbaugh gets pulled back by the Bush people and goes Bush instead of Buchanan in 92. Big battle, as you, as you know. Okay. Better than anybody. Pence sends a revocation of the invitation. He faxes a second liar telling him, no, you can't come here because you're not principled. You flipped on a dime. You're not welcome. And Limbaugh goes bat s word bonkers on him on air ripping the heck out of him and chuck quillett and his sister are listening to this and they're like oh my what is going on and limbaugh's like he's like oh this guy from this place in indiana i've never even heard of before who is this pence 98 now let's fast forward to his radio career and there's and there's a lot of really interesting things i found pence is such a can I just say something? He's a better character study than Trump. Really. Because Trump, we see, is out in the open all the time. Pence, there's so much more. It's fascinating. Right. In 1998, he gave a quote. I think it was like the Kokomo. Um, I'm going to mess this up. It's the Kokomo what? Tribune. And he actually talked about this because, you know, John Quick was with him at I at, uh, when uh, IBC, uh, MS Bought Up Network, Indiana. And he asked me, he said, why do you always, why do you sound like Rush so much? And Pence didn't realize he was doing it because he reflexively picks up things that other people are doing and he kind of mm. like absorbs. And we all do that. That's communication, right? It's natural. And he actually talked about it in his 98 interview in the, um, in the Kokomo Tribune where he said, you know, sometimes you don't even realize you're picking up the mannerisms. And he, and he went even a step further. It's really old Mike Pence quotes from the 90s and the 80s are so fascinating because he was so much more out there about himself. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's a ramble. That's a ramble. You know, I just. You can read the book if, if you want to know more. We had, we had one more minute. You want to ask me one more question. I'm getting a, a 30 seconds. All I've got. Go. Is, tr is, Trump the, is Trump the entire party or is there room for people that are not 100% pro-Trump? There's absolutely, there's absolutely room for people who are not 100% pro-Trump, but that's the wrong conversation still. Okay. Well, I don't even know what it means to be pro-Trump. Are we talking about the man or are we talking about uh, an attitude, right? Uh, if, if you tell me you have the attitude of, hey, I, I want to be invited to the Christmas party, Democrats, no, there's no room. There, there, there might be room, but you're not going to get elected, right? That's not the fighter. Yeah. Uh, you need somebody who is, is willing to stand by a conservative principle. Trump's not a conservative. He just happened to govern <laughs> like one. And that's just, well, that's just a plus for guys yeah. like me. Tom, we're done. Tony. We're finished. That's Tom Lobianco, and this is Tony Katz today. Right on. So airstrikes against these Iranian targets in Syria, 36 days into Biden's presidency. So we call him warmonger. Now, I spoke with both uh, Senator Ted Cruz 
and Representative Jim Banks about this this morning, and both said they're not going to judge the, the bombing until they learn more about it. They were not briefed, and uh, Representative Banks is on the House Armed Services Committee, was not briefed about it. He's not even angry about it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's great to be with you. There could be reason. There absolutely could be reason. But both of them, two separate interviews, both engage the point that it is peculiar. And, and Representative Banks certainly uh, hypocritical, he stated, that we would move forward with a, the Iran nuclear deal, trying to create a, a, a relationship when, of course, they are the enemy of free and thinking people because they are the enemy of free and thinking people. They just are. Not deniable. There's no reason for us to be involved in the Iran nuclear deal. There is no win in being in the Iran nuclear deal. There is only, quite simply only, us allowing Iran opportunities and options and financing that they simply should not have. They should not have. We should be better than this. We should simply walk away. The world should have walked away from these terrorists. When you are sponsoring the terrorism, you are the terrorist, and they are the chief sponsors of terrorism. Now, I, I will admit, I did put out on Twitter, warmonger, right? I, I, I put that out, I know, Ari's gonna yell at me, you said you were off Twitter. I know, I'm not wrong. I mean, he's not wrong, he's right, I'm wrong. I absolutely, positively, should be staying off of Twitter. But that's exactly what they would have said about President Trump, warmonger. He doesn't engage in a bombing in response to a drone attack. He's escalating tensions. He moves the embassy to Jerusalem. He's escalating tensions. He does respond militarily. He's escalating tensions. There is never a moment, nothing the man did, they didn't say to you, escalating tensions. Well, what is this? If they're not gonna judge it, I'll wait too. The people I will judge are the media apparatchik. The people I will judge are those people who said this, that the move was limited in scope and narrowly tailored to try and not lead to an escalatory cycle. Limited in scope and narrowly tailored are words that would never be used 37 days ago. They would never be used for President Trump. And that's the conversation of the bias. That's the conversation of why people don't have faith in trust media. Now, I know I've discussed this before, but I don't think I've ever gotten into this. You know, I hate it, right? That there is this entire media world that we can't have faith in. That there is no way for me to take a listen to what is said on CNN and find it. I, I would check, double check and recheck. And that's uh, New Day and Alison Camarota, that's Jake Tapper, that's Brian Stelter, that's Anderson Cooper, that's Don Lemon, that's, I would never watch Chris Cuomo. I, all of them. That's an awful, horrible, horrible way to survive. We shouldn't want this, but it is here. And once again, it is things like this where they simply refuse to acknowledge what it is 
that they have done wrong. They refuse to acknowledge that they are complicit in this situation. They won't do it. And until they do it, nothing gets better. Absolutely, positively, nothing at all gets better. We're here at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, brought to you by RelayIndiana.com. It's a way to talk to people who have a little trouble hearing. RelayIndiana.com. Appreciate them. Much more coming from CPAC. This is Tony Katz today.